got, we got it. We're ready. Happy Father's Day. I want to talk to the dads just for a minute. And then we'll kind of transition into John chapter 8. But they, they're going to go hand in hand. But for those of you who are dads, I just want you to hear from us that we love you. We're super proud of you. Whether you're in the room or online, we appreciate and love and honor the fact that you are showing up. That you are following the call that God has placed on your life. And so we honor you today. Uh, not because of who you are, but because of who God is and who he's declared you to be. And uh, as the scripture says, he is ready and willing to fill you with his spirit. But to fill you with his spirit for what? Right? I want to challenge you dads in the room. I want to challenge myself as a dad uh, from 1 Corinthians 16 before we dive into our series on John today. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14. So dads, stay with me here. Here's what the Bible says. It says, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Here it is. You ready? This is controversial today. Act like men. And be strong. But here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. If we were to stop there, that could quickly become toxic masculinity, couldn't it? <laughs> could really fast. Be like, yeah! <laughs> like, we like, go out and bull ride out here in the, in the yard. That's not what it says, is it? It keeps going, doesn't it? It says, let all, how much? All that you do be done in love. I love that. Biblical masculinity both celebrates who you are, but then gives you the pathway to biblical manhood. Listen to it. It's love. But it flows through that. It says, watch, stand, act, strength in love. I love that. And so I just want to pray that over the dads that are in the room today, that you would be those people that God's called you to be. And I want you to know that you won't conjure that up. What we're going to talk about today is going to feed into what it looks like for you to actually do that from John chapter 8. But before we do that, I just want to pray over the dads. If you're a dad this morning, would you just stand for me as we pray? You don't got to do anything crazy. I just want you to stand. Give them a hand. Give them some love. I love it. I love it. If you're watching online, just raise your hand. It'll be fine. I want to pray over you today that God would bless you as you follow him. Amen. Let's pray. God, I just pray for these men that are standing right now, the ones watching online, the ones that will listen later, who are traveling maybe today with their family. Father, we take our cues from you. You are the perfect father. You're the father who looked at us, saw us in our need and in the greatest act of love, sent your son so that we could have life. And so, Father, we in turn want to lay our lives down as dads in the power of your spirit, in love as you've called us uh, for our kids. And so, God, I just pray that you would bless each one of these guys. Would you fill them with your Holy Spirit as they watch and stand and act like men with strength, but in love. And pray all this in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. 
We're also celebrating tomorrow a federal holiday called Juneteenth. Juneteenth is about freedom. Juneteenth is the celebration of the end of exploitative labor, right? It was the end of race-based chattel slavery. And so we don't have time to unpack all of that today, but we celebrate that. 158 years ago, General Gordon Granger led a force of soldiers to Galveston, Texas, to deliver a message that the war was over, the Union had won, and that the United States of America would now enforce the end of slavery. It would obviously take a long time for that to become reality, and in many ways we struggle even today. But freedom was what was ringing through Texas 158 years ago. Leads us into our conversation today of what is freedom? What is real freedom? Freedom is a buzzword in our culture today. Freedom gets thrown at a lot of different things. It's kind of like love, right? What is love? I love Cheetos. Well, Do you love Cheetos? Like, are you in love with Cheetos? Have you sacrificed your life for Cheetos? (laughs) I love pizza. Like, well, you like pizza. (laughs) Some of you are like, I might love, I might love pizza. I might sacrifice my life for pizza. Maybe not Cheetos, but pizza. Freedom has a lot of connotations in our time is what I'm getting at. There's a lot of different definitions of freedom. I want to put one on the screen for you. That comes from maybe the most commonplace, dictionary.com. And it defines freedom like this, the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Just leave that up for a minute. I want you to process that. The power or the right to act or speak or think as one wants without hindrance or Restraint. But I will submit to you that that is true in our country as long as you meet the attached conditions. And my goal is not to unpack that today, but simply to say that our country, we celebrate things like Memorial Day and Independence Day and Juneteenth. And even the LGBTQIA2 plus as freedom. Freedom. But here's the deal. Not everybody was free on Independence Day. Not everybody was free on June 19th, 1865, as that news came to Galveston. True freedom is not found in the LGBTQ movement. There are a lot of ideologies that get touted as freedom in our land that aren't really freeing at all. But while we're on the honesty train, let's talk about church. Many Christians following Jesus aren't really free either. I mean, if we were to be real, whether you're sitting here or watching online or listening to the podcast later, wherever you are and however you're connected to Redeemer City Church, if we were to be honest, there are a lot of days, if not every day, that we get up or we go to church or we go to city group or we go to do whatever it is that God's called you to do that you do not feel free. Not all Christians are free. 
Which is a problem, right? Because Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 that that's the specific reason that he came. He said, I came to set the captives, what? Free. So that's a problem. So accordingly, what is true freedom? What is real freedom for you sitting right here, right now? What is freedom? Jesus in John 8 is also concerned with this kind of freedom. He told us that he was the light of the world and that anyone who follows him would not walk in darkness but have the light of life. If I was to poll the audience right now, you would sign up for that. (laughs) Never walk in darkness? Yeah. Where do I sign? The problem is, that's supposed to be the reality that we walk in. So why so often do we not feel free? Why so often do we not feel free? Jesus gave us the offer... How do we spend in that time in reality? We spent the last two weeks unpacking that. And today, Jesus takes that. Remember, this is the same group of people. This is the same conversation. And he steps into the truth and freedom war. I call it a war because that's exactly what it is. It's a war between good and evil. Between God and Satan. Between angels and demons. Listen to what Ephesians 6.12 says. It will be on the screen for you. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood somebody lift up your voice and say not most of us spend our time doing that and let me tell you it's so hard not to did you hear what she said did you see what he did i can't believe she's wearing that i can't believe they called me that i can't believe he didn't do this for me i can't believe did you read that email circumstances people I could go on. I mean, we could spend the rest of our day just listing the things that we think are the problem that aren't the problem. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There's no, there's no caveat there that I can see, is there? That means every situation that I find myself in that doesn't go my way... The person on the other end of that conversation, the person on the other end of that email, the person on the other end of whatever, that confrontation isn't actually the problem. That's wild. (laughs) That is wild if you actually apply that to your life. That God, this is why we say that we look to him to look like him to then look with him. Because if you don't do the first two, you don't stand a chance on the third one. I can't look at people the way Jesus does if I'm just left to my own thoughts. It's not, it's like, wow. So, keep going. Here's what we do wrestle against. What's it say? It says, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Here's the connection. Jesus says you don't have to walk in darkness. You can walk in light. But in the darkness are all those forces This present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So we say around here that not everything you see is what is there. There's a lot more to life than that. So last week we saw in John 8 that as Jesus preached that he was the light of the world and that they could walk in light and not in darkness, there was a group right at the end of our time last week that the scripture says believed in Jesus. 
the message about being the light of the world. And so Jesus turns to them specifically and has a word for them at the end of John chapter 8. And that's what I want to look at. And it's a word for you and I, too, because we are the people who have accepted that offer to follow him and never walk in darkness, but walk in light. What does that look like? How do I get on that pathway? How do I get there? All right. We want to know who's free. And according to Jesus, it's following him. And so I want to look at John chapter eight, starting in verse 31. You can follow along on the screen or in your Bible. Or on your phone, here's what Jesus says in verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him. So there's the connection. There were a group that believed what he said. There was a group that didn't. But there's this group that believes what he says. And here's what Jesus says to them. And what he says to you. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will what? Set you free. They answered him, we're the offspring of Abraham. They're like, come on, bro. Get with the times. We're the offspring of Abraham. And have never been enslaved to anyone. That's not true. It's not true at all. (laughs) How is it that you say you will become free? We're already free, man. We're not slaves to nobody. We left that back in Egypt. Jesus is telling them, you didn't leave that back in Egypt. Right? Look what he says. Jesus answered them, truly I say to you, everyone. Here we go. We always notice these, right? These all-encompassing words. Everyone who commits sin is a slave. Wow. A slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son, the daughter, the kids, they remain in the house forever. Verse 36, this is a big deal. So if the son, capital S, if the son, who's the son? Church answer, come on, you can do it. Jesus, good work. So if the son sets you free... You will, I love this phrase. You will be what? Free indeed. See, we talk about freedom. So Jesus has to say, you'll, you'll be free, free indeed. <laughs> it's not a bait and switch. You'll actually be free. I know that you're the offspring of Abraham. Yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. Wow. I speak of what I have seen with my father and you are... And you do what you have heard from your father. Pretty wild. Let's quickly talk about who Jesus said is not free, just so we're clear, right? Jesus says that anyone who sins is a slave to sin. All right, class. This is class participation. You have to raise your hand if you've ever sinned. If you're not raising your hand, I'd like to see you afterwards because you are the reincarnate Jesus Christ. And you're not, so I'd like to help you figure that out. Everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin. So, so, so when Jesus says in John 15, 5, which we'll get to later, 
that apart from me you can do nothing. What's he talking about? Is he saying you can't clean your ears and wash your toes without him? That's not what he's saying, right? See, we're building up. Some of y'all need to clean your ears and wash your toes, though, if you're a kid in here today. Let's go. Not to call any names. But if you have sinned, you're a slave. It's important. Slaves are not free. That sounds obvious, right? (laughs) But when the children of Israel, God freed them from Egyptian slavery and they got on the other side of that experience, what was the first thing they wanted to do? Talk to me. What did they want to do? They want to go back. They're like, at least we got, at least we had like food. At least we had like a roof over our head. They forgot about all the things that made slavery terrible. Yes, I want to go back. Maybe that's your experience. Without listing your sin out loud or on the board. <laughs> Let's talk about us. Let's talk about the sins that scripture talks about so easily beset us, is what the old versions used to say. The, the sins that so easily trip us up every single time. The scripture says it this way, like a dog returns to his vomit, so a man returns to his folly. You ever had that experience? The Apostle Paul did in Romans 7, right? I do the thing I don't want to do. I don't do the thing I do want to do. Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? Like so dramatic. But listen, you get 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years into your sin and it starts to feel like who is going to deliver me from this body of death? But he doesn't stop there, praise God. He said, but thanks be to God. Right? Because he'll deliver me. But we struggle with that in our culture because we don't do well with accepting help. We don't do well with surrender. We don't do well with confession. We don't do well with letting other people help us. And you throw in celebrity culture and celebrity pastors and celebrity this. And we don't know what to do when it comes to what the scripture says to us. Disciple one another. Right? Encourage each other with songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Like, that's amongst us. That's not to one person or for one person. It's us. Super important. And I'm deviating because it's awesome. I'm going to go back now. The pathway to freedom has three lanes according to Jesus. If you want to write something down today, this is a good thing to write down. Because who's free? Sons and daughters are free. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus came to earth to set captives free. All who are in Christ are free. So how do we get free? Who's free? Three lanes. Number one, if you want to write these down. The pathway to freedom starts with abiding. The pathway to freedom starts with abiding. Look at verse 31 again. If you abide, and there's a very specific place to abide, in my word, that's where it begins. The pathway to freedom starts with abiding, abiding in the word. So let me just say it this way. You wouldn't go your whole life without eating. Let's not go our whole spiritual life without eating. You know, when Jesus says, I, pre- I prepare a table before you in the presence of, my, of your enemies in Psalm 23, what, what's the table? 
When he comes to the, to the New Testament, he's about to give his life, and he sets a what? He sets a table. And what's on the table? The Word. What is the Word? The body and the blood of Jesus. It's him. What does John tell us in John chapter 1? The Word became what? Flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's all connected, and it's always about Jesus. Huge. So if you never abide in the word, you're never going to be free. Every discipleship conversation you have should start with, tell me about your time in the word. Tell me about your time in prayer. Those go hand in hand. If you never are with Jesus, friend, today's the day. Get some accountability. Why do we do men's one-on-one discipleship groups? Because we need accountability to be with the word. So critical. Ladies coming soon. Don't worry. You're like, he forgot us. No, I can just do one thing at a time. That's all. (laughs) Number two. The pathway to freedom. So it starts with abiding. Number two. The pathway to freedom continues with the truth. That's what verse 32 says. It says, and you will, what happens when you abide in the word, the scripture says, you will know the truth. And it's the truth that will set you free. You see, you need somebody who will disciple you. You don't need somebody who will just befriend you. You see the difference? A friend may just tell you what you want to hear to make you feel good, but that's not going to set you free. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Because why? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the what? Truth, the life. And how many people come to the Father through him, except through him? None. Super important. So, so there is a specific pathway. The pathway to freedom starts with abiding and it continues in the truth because the truth will set you free. And then number three, the pathway to freedom culminates in the Son, verse 36. So if the Son sets you free because he's the truth, then you will be free indeed. That's pretty powerful. But that's the pathway. So if you start with this is the decision that you made to follow Jesus, we're not doing it right. That's, that's a struggle, right? The sinner's prayer isn't what saves you. The sinner's prayer is a confession of what has happened. Because God saves you. God redeems you and God will start to sanctify you and it's his work. And we respond to that by being filled with the spirit. Really important. Those are the lanes that lead to freedom. But listen to me, true freedom, which is in Christ, it happens that way. But listen, here's the kicker of the whole scenario. The people here in John 8 already think they're free. They heard those exact words that Jesus said straight to them, face to face. And their response was, dude, we're already free. And listen, you are probably sitting here, at least a few of you, me when I was reading this this week, looking around going, kind of free. I'm kind of free. But I'm not the right kind of free. Because you start to dig into that and you start to ask, do I ever care what people think? Do I ever alter what I do because of what's been said to me? Do I ever change what I wear because of what somebody will think? 
Do I ever get on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or any of that to seek the approval of somebody else? Isn't it strange what we'll do for attention? I mean, on Father's Day, like I, I think about all the years of my kids were really little and the things that they would do to get my attention. I have a lot of clothes that got thrown away because kids were hanging on them. Dad. Right? Or they'll just say your name like incessantly. Dad. Dad. Am I speaking to anybody today? <laughs> got some parents going, yes. Isn't, isn't it even weirder what adults will do for attention? Just leave that there. For you you're like not me yeah you me too what is freedom are we truly free are we still slaves to our sin true freedom is obviously not getting to do what you want to do that's what the first definition said from dictionary.com that's what our world says freedom is Our world says freedom is getting to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And that's why we celebrate all the things we celebrate. But that's not true. In fact, most of those things end up leading back to slavery. To an ideology. Slavery to a whatever. True freedom isn't that. The Bible says if the Son sets you free... You are free indeed. True freedom is not getting to do what you want to do. True freedom is doing what God made you to do. That's the difference. That's the difference. So, Jesus then gives us this key about knowing freedom. And it's what I want to challenge you with as we wrap this today. And as you walk out of here, considering all that we've thought about with Jesus being the light, Never walking in darkness. The sun setting you free. There is a key that you can diagnose your soul with and it's here. How do you tell if this is reality for you? Look at verse 37 again. Here's here's his rebuttal to the fact that they say that they're free because of who they are. Here's what he says. Verse 37. I know that you're the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me. Why? Here's the key. Because my word finds no place in you. So let's diagnose our soul. When the scriptures come to something that you wish you could do, when the scriptures come to some ideology that you wish you didn't have to stand against, When the scriptures come to you and ask you to surrender any part of your life, what do you do with that? This is so important. He says, the reason you're not free is because my word finds no place in you. So what happens in every area of your life? Your time, your talent, your treasure, your, I mean, we can just go on. Every area, when the word comes, it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what anybody says. The difference, the key, when the word comes and rests in your life, what do you do? Because listen, there's a lot of it that's uncomfortable. I'm tempted to just start listing them off, right? To make everybody feel bad. 
But I don't need to do that. The Holy Spirit can do what he wants to do. But you get what I'm saying, right? Like we, if you've been following Jesus or you read the word of God, you know what I'm talking about. There's some things we know we ought to do and we don't do them. And we make excuses. I'm busy or I got this or I got that or no, no, no. You want to kill me because my word finds no place in you. Jesus is the word. I'm going to put this question on the screen for you. Does the word have a place in my life? I just leave that up there for now. Process that. Process that. And listen, it, it, it's, not, it's not an issue of time. It's not an issue of busyness. It's not, it's not. We have time to do the things we want. We really do. I know that's controversial and you might feel overwhelmed, but I promise you, there's time. There is. Now, I'm not saying you won't be tired when you show up. That's very possible. But the devil has this lie that spending time with Jesus is work. And it's not. Jesus says of the time you spend with him that there is an anchor for your soul. There's a different kind. He says, he says enter into my rest. He says, yoke with me, plow with me, because my burden is easy and my yoke is light. He paints a different picture of the one we experience. Because we're not free. I want to call somebody to be free today. Jesus is the word according to John's gospel, John chapter 1. Subsequently, the Bible is his word to us. Jesus is the word and he gave us his word and to be with Jesus is to be in his word. So do you want to be free? Do you want to be free? Sometimes it's so simple it's hard. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's so simple it's hard. Does the word have a place in your life? Does praying to God and reading God's word have a place in your life? It's so simple it's hard. Abiding in God's word leads you to the truth which brings you to Jesus and the son will set you free. Bottom line. Look to him. Pray. Read your word. Read the word. He'll start to make you look like him. Not of your own doing. It's not going to come from you manufacturing. It's just not. Once he starts to change your affections, right? Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Once he starts to change that, then you can look with him. I want to give you three tools that can help you get started. I don't want this to just be a theory for you, right? We're going to put them up on the screen. And I want you to write them down, and I want you to try them, okay? Because our faith is only as useful as it is put into practice. These three things are so easy, and yet they're so powerful. And they each do different things, okay? So the first one is called Lectio 365. It's an app on your phone. It's a wonderful tool, and it, will, it takes about eight minutes and there's beautiful music playing in the background. And somebody just walks you through what it looks like to get in rhythm with God. How to pause and clear your heart and mind. How to pray. How to seek the Lord. How to hear his word. It's great. It will help you. I promise. I love this app. 
I use it every single day. Another one, the one-year Bible. Sometimes you just need to read large portions of Scripture to get it in you, right? Not necessarily just not necessarily reading. Like the Lectio app will help you rest in the Lord. But there's a deficiency in our Bible knowledge today. We can't defend our faith because we don't know what it says. So we have God's word. Let's let's read it, right? The one-year Bible is a great way to do that, great way to keep track. You don't have to choose what you're going to read. You can just Google one-year Bible. It'll come up. You can print it. You can get it on an app. You can do anything. What a time to be alive. And finally, just the Bible app. Just the Bible app. You choose a reading plan. And the reason I like this one, you don't even have to read the thing. You don't have to read it on your phone. If that's distracting to you or you, like, whatever, you don't have to do that. But what that will do is allow you to invite a friend to do it with you. And then you can set reminders up. And then you can start to redeem your phone. You start to redeem what God's doing in your phone, right? So the Bible app, you can friend people. And I bet most of you are on it somewhere, right? Now listen, don't all friend me. I would love to be some of your friends. I can't follow up with all of you. can't do all of your plans. Find somebody around you and do a Bible reading plan together. There's thousands of them. But listen, sometimes it's so simple it's hard, right? It's this easy. Those three things will transform your life. I promise. I've, it's, it, I've seen it happen. It's done it in my life. And the times where I don't feel free, it's because I've walked away from this simple stuff. This simple, simple following Jesus. This is going to feed your soul so that when you show up here, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like rest. You come and you gather with God's people and you sing and you worship and you celebrate and you do all the things that God's called you to do, right? It's worth it. Keeping each other accountable. And so the way, I, the way I want to end today is I just want to leave that on the screen for a minute. If you can, go back to that last one. I just want to pray that over you. I just want to pray that God would, that the Holy Spirit would fill you so that you would have a desire to be with Him. What a day to think about that Father's Day, right? Your kids want you. Your kids need you. Let's not be the people that get to the point in life where we don't think we need the Father. You need the Father as much today as you have ever needed Him. And here's the best part of the whole thing. Just like when the prodigal son returned home, he's standing on the front porch, watching, waiting, hoping, praying that you will come back home. What a beautiful thing. Amen? So I'm going to have the band come back up. They're going to sing over us. And I just want you to rest. I want you to rest in that. I want you to listen to the words that are sung over you. Sing them with the band. And be encouraged today. My only goal for you is that you will be rested and encouraged today to abide in Christ. Amen? Come on, why don't you stand with me? Let's pray, and then we'll sing this out. God, thank you for the chance to be together again. Thank you for dads. Thank you for Father's Day. We get to honor the dads in the room. We're so grateful for what you're doing in this place. 
what you're doing in your people. But Holy Spirit, we are busy, we're distracted, we have a lot going on. And as a result, so many of us don't feel free. We don't feel free and light like you said, like you promised. And we know that's not because you've moved away. But like sheep, Lord, we're prone to wander. So I pray that your word today would just be that gentle, correcting voice that would bring us back to you. That you would take a hold of our wayward hearts and draw us back to you. We need you, Holy Spirit, to, through the power of Jesus, rescue us from this body of death. So many things happening, but all we really need is you. I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would fill us today. Fill us with your spirit. And may the words that we sing, the scriptures that we read and pray, would they just bless you today. Most of all, we're thankful for Jesus today. We're thankful that you received that instruction from the Father and you stepped out of the splendors of heaven and came to earth and lived a life of perfect unity and obedience to the Father so that you could be the sacrificial lamb that you could die on the cross and pay the penalty for our sin so that we could have life in you if you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I just want to encourage you. It's one of those things that are so simple, it's hard. If you're watching online or listening to this later, we want you to know that following Jesus is really simple. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead, you will be saved. Why? Because the world would have you believe that that's not true. Even though all the evidence would point to the fact that it is. And I want you to know that if you will surrender your life to Jesus, the Bible says you'll be free. So if you're in that place today, I just want to encourage you to talk to the Lord. Just confess to Him that you know you're a sinner and that you need His help to be free you believe that he is who he said he is. There's no magic way to pray that. But if you pray that today, we'd love to give you a Bible and help you get started with those three things that I put on the screen. I would love to walk you through that personally for Pastor Jerome Wood or Pastor Tim Wood. We would love, that's why we do what we do. So if we can lead you into that, we would love to. Please come see us after online, just send us an email. My email is real easy. It's just Mitch at RedeemerTampa.com. I'd love to meet you. But church, one of the overflows of our heart is worship. And so as we close our time today, let's sing this out together in worship of the King of Kings.